Jeremiah chapter 17, verse, we're going to start at verse number 7, and it reads, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord, for he shall be like a tree planted by the waters which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes, and but its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. I love this verse. I wanted to start off encouraging you guys with this verse. Because most of us, if not all of us, I don't know the intentions of your heart. But from what I see, I see some amazing, loving Hearts in this place that trust the Lord. And it says, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord. See, we have something that the world doesn't have and that the enemy wants to try to take away and chip at little by little with all his strategies and tactics in the world right now. We can't talk about Christ too much in the streets or they'll put us in prison in certain places in the world. Not too far, Canada's already doing that to some churches, or they cannot preach the word. They're trying to take away freedom of speech, and even in our country. And it all started with the Lord, but yet now the enemy is coming after America. And, and that is the hope that we have. It is in the Lord, and again, the world does not have that hope that we have. And when Jesus was preaching in his days, Sister, you talked about it. The doubting Thomas. I won't believe the Lord resurrected until I see the holes in his hands. Until I can touch him. And so even walking with him for so long, he still had doubt in his heart. And until Jesus came and presented himself, it's Thomas, after all this time that I've spent with you, you still don't believe and, and imagine the disciples and the people walking with Christ, they were there to see him. And Jesus says, you, you believe because you see. But blessed are those that believe, that have not seen but yet believe. And that is us. That is you. And that is the people who says, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord. So if we are, like Sister D mentioned a couple services ago, if you have any doubting Thomas's situations going on in your heart, we, we all can take away, and, and, and the, the Lord has left us some great examples, the disciples, nobody's perfect. If we have doubts, unbelief, if we're lacking in faith, that is, that is why I asked the Lord, and, 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 and he put this on my heart, we need to encourage each other and exhort each other in this place because we can be so quick to forget, just like doubting Thomas. We get so distracted in the world, in our jobs, in our families, all the chaos going around us, that it starts to chip away when we're not, as it says, planted as a tree by the waters that spreads out its roots by the river, if we're not intentionally seeking the Lord day after day, day and night, that is why the Lord preached about the fig tree. And what, and what does he do with the fig tree? 
that bears no fruit, that is dead and dry. He warns us he will cast it into the lake of fire, which is why it's so important that if we call ourselves disciples, which is to be a student, a follower of Jesus, we must be this tree that's planted in Christ, not in our phones, not on Netflix. We don't put our hope in our jobs or, or, or our 401ks, nothing of this world. And Jesus warns us in, in, in the Gospels with many situations with the young, the young ruler, the young rich ruler. If we, if we prioritize our wealth, our houses, we put those things before God in our heart. He knows. He knows. And so I encourage all of us tonight, let us sink in our roots into the word of God. Because it's not, it's not me. I can't save you. But I consider myself, I work on my, my relationship with the Lord so that I can be like John the Baptist, just a voice. I'm nobody, but Lord, if you'll use me, let me be a voice that cries out in the wilderness. Let me prepare a way for you, Lord. Let me show the world the hope that we have that we cannot hold on to anymore. That is why we go out every couple weeks, every chance we get to share the good news, to share the hope that's in us. But if we do nothing with it, we won't be a prosperous tree by the river bearing fruit as it says that when the heat comes and heat will come and those that don't plant firmly in the Lord they will get snatched away by the enemy they will shrivel up and die and that's where the faith starts to die down that's where the doubt starts to come in that is is that not what the serpent first did with Adam and Eve started planning the doubt did God really say did, did he, surely you will not die, but God has a plan, and that is the hope to save his people. We, it's, it's not a message of condemnation, it's all good news. It's just, when light came into the world, Jesus Christ, darkness does not like light, it has nothing, they don't, they cannot coexist. God is so holy that even in his time and in his generation, his, the church, the ones that were zealous for their traditions, but they were so blind to see that the Messiah was right in front of them, they missed the mark. And so I encourage you, let us sink in deeper with our relationship with the Lord so that when the heat comes, we can stand and still bear fruit as it says. That when, and will not fear when he comes, but its leaf will be green. And will not be anxious in the year of drought. They're talking about the recession and things not going so well, you know, this the upcoming year. I don't really pay attention anymore. But it's all fear-based. That's what the news they make all their money on. And so, but in reality, whether we go through another recession, whether we go through some trials and tribulations, whether it's financial, emotional, spiritual, whatever it is in your life, in your heart, God knows it. And so when the year of drought, it can be that season where I don't feel connected to the Lord. That year of drought, spiritually, I don't have that connection. I don't have that, 
that zeal as I once did for the God that I used to know. Maybe I'm that prodigal son that walked away because, you know what, the world was more enticing. The enemy tempted me with all the riches of the world and all the pleasures of the world. But in Hebrew, I'm, I, I'm so, when you learn the character of, the wor- the, of, of our God and how good he is, it says, even when you're unfaithful, he remains faithful. And how great is that? How good is our God that even when we walk away, he cannot deny himself, it says. He will remain faithful. He will be there. Exactly, brother, like the prodigal son when, when he finally came to the end of himself and said, you know what? I had it so good in my father's home. Even the servants there were eating better and sleeping better than I. And so wherever you're at in your walk with Christ, let this message, let the words that we read tonight sink into your heart, into your bone. As it says, it is a double-edged sword. And in Hebrews, it also says in 3.15, Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. So I pray that everyone that hears this, that we don't harden our hearts. I pray that we soften our hearts. That we open it for, for, the word to, for, the, for the word and for God to come in and do the work he needs to. It says, Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith, ladies and gentlemen. So yes, let us rejoice in the hope that he's given us. Amen, brother. So verse number nine, it reads, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. And I love how throughout Scripture in the Old Testament and through the New Testament, it talks about and it uses the way it describes us being trees and and bearing fruit for his kingdom. It's no longer about us. We have to get to the end of ourselves and firmly plant ourselves in the Lord And he will do the healing. He will do the restoration. If you've forgotten the great news that he has given us and the work that he's already paid the price to do for us, going to the cross and bearing all the sins once and for all, we need to get back into the relationship. In John 15, it says that Jesus is the vine and our Father in heaven is the vine dresser. We are merely the branches. We are meant to bear fruit, but if we are not connected to Jesus, if we are not in the Word and praying and fasting, if we aren't seeking Him daily, if we aren't growing in Christ, then we are definitely dying because it definitely describes that. You will be dead, witherless, dry. What does the Lord have? Can He do with that? He says, I will cast it in to everlasting fire. Nobody wants that. Nobody's perfect. There is no condemnation in Christ. The good news is that we're all still here. I wake up every day. I'm like, you know what? Lord gave me another day today. And we're so quick to forget, just like the Egyptians. When Moses was leading them out from the land into the promised land, 
going through watching miracles unfold before their eyes. All the plagues that happened, all the miracles that happened on their way out, the sea being split open, shade and, and water and food coming down from the heavens in the middle of the desert. And so quickly as Moses went up to, to converse with God and, and to come down and, and find no faith in these people. They were worshiping idols. They were complaining. We had it better in Egypt. They were loathing the bread and everything. They were cursing God. But how can we relate to those people? How quick sometimes do we forget? I know I'm not perfect. I have to, re I have to remind myself, as it says, daily. And, and, and go to God and seek him. Because I don't want to be like the Egyptians. Complaining, ungrateful, worshiping things I shouldn't be worshiping. Watching and doing things, getting into sin, getting into trouble. And so, I want to take you to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19, we will start. It reads, Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he consecrated for us, through the veil that is his flesh. And having a high priest over the house of God, he is our high priest in this church. Jesus Christ, let me say it again, is the high priest in this place. That is why we gather in this place. Let me continue to read what the Lord is saying. In verse 22, let us draw near with a true heart, ladies and gentlemen, this is what God is looking for. Not those that confess him with their mouth and deny him in their heart like the Pharisees and Sadducees did in his day to go behind and try to entangle him and try to set traps and fail but ultimately crucify him. So with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Verse 23, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. Hallelujah, amen, and amen. He who promised is faithful. Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. So when we leave this place, let us be grateful. Let us rejoice in every moment that we can and give him thanksgiving, praise, and worship, and honor because we have nothing without him. But he's given us the greatest gift of all time, and that's really what I'm here to encourage the church tonight is the hope that he's giving us. It's not, I hope, we have so many hopes in different things. I hope the biggest thing that happened recently, the billion-dollar lottery or something, right? We're putting more faith and hope into winning a lottery, into prospering our businesses, into prospering relationships that are not in the church but in the world. We're putting more effort into things, and we're not giving God our first and our best. And so let us hold fast 
the confession of our hope without wavering. Being that tree firmly planted by, as it says in Jeremiah, planted by the river. Producing fruit even when there's droughts going on. When people are fearful, anxiety, will, will I survive? Will I make it this recession? Will my relationships go through? But, but it says hold, hold without wavering. That's where we need to be. Not like the doubting Thomas, as I mentioned. But firm. Don't be the Peter before Christ denying him. We've gone through it time and time again. Every single one of us at some point. But we need to get to the place where we don't waver in our faith. We're a tree so deeply planted that the earth can shake the seasons can be dry. The world can be going ablaze and chaotic. But we will have peace and joy because of the hope that God has given us. For he who promises faithful. And in verse 24 it reads, and let us consider one another. And this is what I really want to encourage tonight. Let us consider one another. If we can't learn to love the brothers and sisters in the church. How can we go and love on our neighbors that are not following Christ, that don't have the hope, that don't know the character of God? If, he, if we are not being good ambassadors and disciples, how will the world know? Are we, are we, are our leaves green when we go out there? <laughs> or are our branches dead and withered? So really consider that question. Where are we with God? Where are you with God? And so, again, I encourage us here to really take this. Let us consider one another. Let the love in this place, love on those that need the care and the attention, the young and the old, those that, are, that need the extra prayer, the, the laying on of hands. You can come to this place because it is a house of prayer. It is a hospital where you can find that hope. Maybe you've lost it. Maybe, maybe your branches are dying down. But no, tonight we plant our seeds. We plant our branches into the vine, which is Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. And then verse, finish verse 24, in order to stir up love and good works. And that is what the body of Christ needs to be doing more of. Because the, the God we serve does not divide houses. He, does not, he is not in the business of dividing, but uniting. And so other churches around, you know, these denominations, like there's too much division. That is not of God. We are non-denominational. We serve one God, and his name is Jesus Christ. And, and so let us stir up the love because who, 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 who gets too much love? I, know, I don't. I, I welcome more love. So if you need more love, if you need more prayer, if you need accountability in your walk, you can come to this place. You can reach out to me, to pastors, to the team. We'll be glad to say, hey, how can we help you in your walk? How can we become better disciples? Because it's, it doesn't end until Jesus comes back. We have to keep fighting this good fight because it's no longer about our salvation, but the salvation of those we love the most and to those that are still lost in the world. There's a greater fight. We don't fight with flesh and blood, but the principalities of the world going on. And so let us continue to stir up the love in this place and of good works.
Many of you know the testimony of WBG and the, and the good work we continue to try to do from building the, the walls in this place to, to, to preaching the word and, and helping, as it says, the orphans and the widows, the fatherless. We do many of that. We'll be going, I think, is it this weekend or next weekend? But very soon back to TJ, and we're, we're always doing things out of love and to serve with love in this country and others as well. And verse 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as in the manner of some, but exhorting one another, which is exhorting, for those that don't know, because I didn't know, exhorting is encouraging. So let this message encourage you. Let the words from that we read out of here pierce your heart and your soul as we just read in Hebrews 3.15. Don't harden your hearts, ladies and gentlemen. We need to soften our hearts. We need to open our branches and let ourselves be plugged into Jesus Christ and the word he has left us. Not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as in the manner of some, but exhorting one another. And so much more as you see the day approaching. And that is our blessed hope. That everything, Pastor, you were talking about Job when we opened up service. Can you, can you compare yourselves to Paul to Job, to the people that really, really went through some testing. Because in Jeremiah, it reads, it reads that the Lord searches the hearts and that he tests. He is testing us. I want to read it word for word so you appreciate it as much as I do. That is 29. We're on 17. It reads, the heart is, de is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind. So going back to what do we prioritize more in our hearts and in our mind? This is verse 10. I, the Lord, search the heart and I test the mind. When Jesus warned the people he was preaching to in his days and warned that in the day of judgment, he will say to many, when they cry out, Lord, Lord, let me into heaven. And he said, and Jesus responded, depart from me, for I never knew you, you worker of iniquity. So we are warned from the beginning to the end of this book, we need to take this walk seriously we need to be plugged in like never before, especially in times of crisis. Every day should be a crisis because you know why? Tomorrow is not promised. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day to make sure we are on the narrow road, to make sure we put God back onto the throne of our hearts because he searches our hearts. And it says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. And then it reads in verse 10, the second half, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. So again, looking at ourselves in our walk, in our, where, where is the Lord in my heart today? Because you can, if you're not close, if you're not walking with him, if you know you're not on the narrow road, if you've been playing games, I've been there. But to take it seriously and then be like, as the prodigal son, and be like, what am I doing I'm, sit, I'm far away from where my father is, where in his kingdom, in his house, everything was 
He had everything, and even the servants, the least of the, the people in that place, ate better and slept better than I did. And I'm over here rolling around in sin, rolling around with the pigs, eating with the pigs. And so if we can come to the end of our hearts and let Jesus give us, as it says in Ezekiel, he will take that heart of stone and give us a heart of flesh. And that is the, the hope that we have that no matter where we're at, like I said earlier in this service, we are here today. Each family that I see, we are here today. There are many people that woke up in the hospital, that woke up out of a car crash so close to dying. But God has saved every single one of us for this moment to remind us of the gospel, of the good news, of his character, of his love, which is from everlasting to everlasting. From the beginning to the end, he will not change, it says. And so I, I want to move forward to, we'll, we'll, we'll go to chapter 12 of Hebrews. So fast forward just a little bit there, where we left off in Hebrews. So chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, it reads, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. And so that's why I brought up how... If we were to analyze our walk and examine our walk, as the Bible says we should do daily, examine where we're at with the Lord. Because we are racing towards the finish. It's easy to go and die for someone and sacrifice ourselves. That's not the battle. That's an easy way out. I know the girls joked about it a while back, like, hey, if it's, if it's our time to go and if, you know, if there's a car crash or something, Lord, Take me first. <laughs> Take me. Because we have a long race. Look at the lives of the disciples of Apostle Paul that was shipwrecked multiple times, that was beaten close to death, that was in prison. And, and that's why I loved, I wanted to open up with Jeremiah 17 where it says, even in the, the season of dry, of drought, you can still be producing fruit. Your leaves can still be green, but that's only by the hope that's in us. By the Christ that lives in us. And that's what Apostle Paul was doing in prison. If you're in prison, you think, like, oh, man, how easy is it, is it to get bummed out? Who can I save in this place? If I'm locked up by myself, who can I, who can I preach to? But they, Paul and Silas, in the middle of midnight, were rejoicing in the Lord. Because they were overflowing. They knew who they served. They knew what this would cost. They knew who lived in them. It was no longer I, as Paul says, that lives, but it is Christ that lives in me. And so when, when God intervened and he broke the prison cells and loosened all the chains, I want to take you there because it's, so, it's, it's too good not to share that what happened and, and how we can be producing fruit. No matter where we're at, no matter what situation, it's going to be in Acts chapter 16, verses 30. Sixteen, verse thirty to thirty-three, and it reads, "And he brought them out and said, Sirs, now this is the prison guard. We'll, we'll read it from the beginning. Twenty-five, Acts sixteen, verse twenty-five. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, 
and prisoners were listening to them. Can we have that attitude? Can we be so close in our relationship with God that we overflow even when we're persecuted, when we're in prison? Can we sing and rejoice if we can't do it in church, in our prayer closets, in our, in our homes? How can we do it when we face droughts, when we face persecutions? If our leaves aren't green, how do we expect to be like Paul and Silas, praying and singing hymns to God? And the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. And the keeper of the prison awakening from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. But Paul called with a loud voice saying, do yourself no harm, we are all here. Verse 29, then he called for a light, ran in and fell, trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? So they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. I pray that we, we become, as, it's, as the examples were left for us, to, to, to pour into us, to encourage us, to exhort us, to see what the early Christians were like, to see what, how, how deep this love can go, that even in the face of enemies, even in the face of death, we can love our enemies as Jesus went through before us. He is the ultimate example Father, they know not what they do. Forgive them. Can you, can you honestly pray for yourself when you're being put to death? That is a hard thing to imagine. But it, with, with God, nothing is impossible. So in verse 32, it reads, Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all who were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night, washed their stripes, I love this, this part of the verse. And immediately he and all his family were baptized. When, when you encounter God, when you encounter miracles like this prison guard who was about to take his life, how many of us in this day and generation, how many of our own testimonies have we considered taking our own lives? When, when everything failed in this day and age, he knew if I don't kill myself, the, the king is going to do worse to me because I failed. When my business fails, when my marriage fails, when the things that I put my hope into fails, and the last thing I want to do now, I'm about to do, kill myself, and the Lord intervened. How many times has he saved us, whether it was from a car crash, from sickness, from doing things we shouldn't have been doing, but yet we made it out of here and we're here today? And then the Lord... The Lord intervened. The Lord has saved each one of us if you've given your heart truly to him. So we can be that truth-bearing fruit in any season, in any situation, in prison, singing praises and hymns. So we are testifying the goodness of God so that the prisoner who was about to take his life, our enemies, see what is this whole, how when the world is, as it says in Jeremiah, when there's so much heat, so much drought, so much chaos, the, the, the 401k and the stock markets, stock markets are crashing. Everything is crashing and burning and, and, and there's no food, there's no water. There's, there's all these things that are happening, but they see the leaves on each one of us. 
That is our testimony. That is Christ living in us because we cannot do this walk on our own. It says the heart is deceitful and wicked above all things. Who can know it? So the Lord has to, has to that's why he had, as when he was talking to Nicodemus, we must be reborn in the spirit. And, and because when they see you, there's not much hope, to be honest. You might be, consider yourself a good person, but when they see Christ, there's something that illuminates in the spirit, in your attitude, in your walk, in the, in the way we conduct ourselves, that they start to ask who, like the prison guard, when, when, when we testify the good news and, 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 and preach to them the good news, the gospel, the saving plan, the salvation plan that God has left before us. He says, what must I do to be saved? And then immediately he and his family were baptized. He, and it says, you and your household, you will be saved. Is that not the, the, the desire for all of our families? That this good news that we carry with us every day, that they know this God that we, that we have surrendered to, that we worship, that we honor, that we praise. But it, it starts with us. How well are we planted on the foundation that Christ has laid, which was his life, which was a plan of salvation. He rose from the dead, that his life was the life that paid the sins, paid the price for all sins, not just your sins or my sins, but for all sins, once and for all. He is the road back to our Father in heaven. And so when people start to ask, what is this? You know what? I want to explore Jesus. Can you tell me more about Jesus? Will you be full of fruit? Will you be, will you be green? Will you be that tree that's just overflowing saying, Lord, I've been waiting for you to send me somebody. Lord, I've been waiting for that unsaved person to ask me, like this prison guard, how must I be saved? Will you be ready? And so let us all, I'm not up here. No, I have a lot of work to do. I'm the first one who admit, I've, I'm all those, I've seen all those disciples in the stories. And all, oh, I'm the doubting Thomas sometimes. Oh, I've, I'm Peter. I've denied Christ when I, man, and, and, and the Lord will convict us. He knows our hearts. It says in Jeremiah, I keep going back to it because that's where we started. It says the heart is deceitful above all things. Who can know it? But he says, I search the heart. I, the Lord, search your heart. Your heart. He searches everybody's hearts. But it also says before that, it says, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and puts their hope in God. And I know that's all of us. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here. Let this be a message that encourages you. Let, Lord, let your spirit pour out into this place. And let us leave re our minds renewed, our cups filled. Let us be refocused on the, the things that you've commanded us to do. It says, Jesus, you said, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. And you've given us commandments to go and preach the good news to everybody that we can, to all nations, all tribes that will listen to this good news. And so I pray that you're receiving this and not letting it bounce off the, the stony corners of our hearts. And I want to take us now to 1 Peter chapter number 3. 1 Peter chapter 3, I'm sorry, 1 Peter uh, chapter 1, 
verse 3 to 12 is what we're going to read, if you'll join me there. And it reads, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And just to emphasize this hope that is so precious, that is more precious than the treasures of this world. Again, referring back to the example of where do we place our hope into? The stock market, into winning lotteries, into making this life better? Or into what Peter was writing here, the living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Because without the resurrection of Christ... If his death wasn't sufficient, of him being the only righteous one, the only begotten son of God, paying a price that none of us could have paid. None of us are righteous. As I mentioned, I am nobody. I just want to be a voice in this day and age in Ukaipa, in Riverside, wherever I'm at, being a voice crying out wherever I'm at, prepare the way of the Lord. Because there is something greater. There is a hope that the world that winning a billion dollars through a lottery ticket, that building a life. I don't care about a life. I don't care about anything on this earth materialistically. I care about what God cares about. Lord, continue to teach me how to love and care about what you care about, Lord. And I hope they, they, they encounter you through your spirit. It's not me, Lord, but it's your spirit that will enter the hearts in this place. That will raise the dead, that will heal the sick, that will restore a lost fire, that will turn a fig tree into a tree that's an oak tree a thousand feet tall. Because you made a decision tonight, I will no longer put anything else before my God. Because this treasure and this living hope, as Peter describes, is so good. It's so good. Do we truly understand it? And that is why we must seek him. Day and night, day after day. Because if we lose this fire, if we lose our zeal, if we lose faith, if we start to doubt, if we leave room in our hearts, the enemy will come in. Now, I've, I've gone through it, but never again. I've made that decision. I will go deeper with you, Lord. And I will put my trust, as it says in Jeremiah, blessed is those who trust and hope in the Lord. I will put everything I have into you, Lord. Are you willing to do that for God? Are you willing to... Be that leader in your home. The men have a, a role given by God to lead their families. Nobody's perfect. You don't, we, 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 we look up to our leadership and, and to, to pastors. But as pastor says, you trust in the Lord more than me. Because I can fail you. Pastors, we see it on the news. They fail. They fall into sin. They, fall, they become apostate. But there is one that will not fail. That was the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that is Jesus. And that is what I'm just here to remind you tonight. That put your trust in him. Get the doubts out of your heart. And Ezekiel says, God will take out the stony heart. If it's gotten a little hard, just take, Lord, take it out of me and give me a new one. One of flesh, one so soft that can receive you, Lord. Because you need to dwell in me. Let's continue reading. Uh, verse number three, and it reads, or verse number four, to an, 
So let me start here. To a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. Verse 5 reads, Who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Verse 6, In this you greatly rejoice. Again, the hope that we can put that we can rejoice in no matter where we're at, whether we're in prison like Paul, being persecuted like any of the Christians, even now in other countries like China where it's very strict, you can't have the Bible where you will be persecuted. Can we greatly rejoice? And the answer is yes, but we need to get to that place in our heart, in our relationship, where all our hope is in the God and nothing of this world. Because it can all be taken away, like Pastor said, was preaching in the beginning of service. When Job was losing everything, God gave, but God can also take away. And he says, I searched the heart and I test the mind. Job went through an incredible testing of his faith. Do we, <laughs> are we excused from that? No, we're not. But the good news is through the death and through the resurrection, we have victory not only over sin, through trials, tribulations, and persecution, but we have everlasting life. Jesus is the one that conquered this death curse on us. Because sin entered the world, so did death. And that's why so many people are in the world and they have no hope. We have the greatest treasure, as it says, the power of God through faith. For salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice. So I encourage us, let us, let us pray more, seek the word and seek the Lord more than ever so we can get to a place that we're, we are that thousand foot oak tree that can greatly rejoice like Paul in prison or persecution or when people in our family need it the most. And we get those phone calls like, man, I need some, I need some prayer because I know, I know, Cousin, cousin, family member, wherever you're at, friend, they know you're a Christian. They know you're a man or a woman of God. And they see the green leaves. Every chance they, they see you, they say, oh, man, that person is filled with something. He's not the same. She's not the same. There's something else going on on the inside of this person. So let us greatly rejoice in the plan of salvation. And as, as Hebrew said, let us encourage and exhort each other daily in this place that we come to church. And let the word do the piercing of the heart that needs, he, let, the, let the Lord correct our walks. In Hebrews it also says that he chastens, he disciplines those that he loves. He loves us. So if you're going through the testing like Job did, if you're being disciplined and chastened, then rejoice because that is, that is a good thing. The Lord loves the people that he chastens like a good father that corrects his son. Lord, you need to correct your ways for this and that reason. But the Lord knows better. The Lord knows greater. He, let me continue reading so we can see where this leads. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. And, and that is why I believe the Lord put those words in my heart to, to, to focus on this plan of salvation, the hope. The fire that any time that we read and really seek in our heart the, w w what God wants us to do. Because we all go through the various trials as it reads. 
We all suffer in different ways. We all have different testimonies. We all have different walks. But that's, that's, that's the beauty of the body of Christ. We all have different roles. We all have different positions. If you consider, and, and, and like I said before, I don't just want to be a disciple or I don't just want to take this lightly, but Lord, teach me how to be a soldier in your kingdom. And it, and it reads in the Bible, well, what, what must we do? We must put on the full armor of God because we don't battle with flesh and blood, even though it feels like it, because the flesh is at war with God. Once the, the spirit of Christ starts to dwell in you, the things that you used to love, you don't love anymore. When, when God says, be holy like I am holy, that's a hard thing for the flesh to do. We are so accustomed to our old lives, to the sins we used to like, because it's so pleasurable, all the things of the world. Because we used to put that first. But for me, I'll testify, it left me empty at the end of every night. I might have had a good time for a season or a day or a moment. But I knew there was something missing in my life. And there are so many, as it reads, that in the world they don't have this hope. And I'm so glad and so happy God knocked on the, on the tablets of my heart and said, Are you finally ready? And I said, yes, Lord, yes, I'm finally ready to seek your face and to know who you are and, and what this plan of salvation is. And that's where God wants his people. And just like the disciples, none of us walk a perfect walk, but he will chasten you. He will correct you. But when, when you seek him in your private time, when you seek him here at church and you start to put that fire of God in your lamp, you will start to see your tree grow and be that, that huge tree planted by the rivers. You will be the vine, as it says, we are the branches attached to the vine. If we are plugged into Christ, nothing is impossible, no matter what your situation is. Because it sees you have been grieved by various trials. This walk is not easy. If it was, we wouldn't be here. It's hard to come to church at 7 p.m., <laughs> On a Saturday when the world wants you to barbecue, when the world wants you to party, when the world, when it's so much easier, the devil has made it so easy to just, just sit on the couch and watch some Netflix. It's so easy nowadays to avoid God. You do it unconsciously. I do it sometimes. Like, oh, man, let me, I need to take a break from certain things, Lord. I need to, I need to fast and really take this walk seriously. But in verse 7 it says, that the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes through it is tested by fire. May be found to praise, to honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So, so when you're going through your trials, because we all will, it's not going to end. As Paul wrote to Timothy, continue to Wage a good warfare, meaning fight the good battles that are in front of us. That we may rejoice and praise and honor and glory at the, the return of our Savior, the one who, who came down from heaven, will come down again to, for a bride. Not, not full of sin and, and evil, like filled with wickedness, but without blemish, without spot, without wrinkle. And, and this is why in Hebrews, I love it, it says encourage each other because it's, sometimes it can, it, can, it can be overwhelming. It can, it can be challenging, sometimes more than others. 
but by the power and the mercy and grace of God, by the love of the brothers and sisters of that Christ dwelling inside of each of us. We can come to a hospital, the house of prayer, and receive healing in our hearts, in our minds, in our bodies. There is so much waiting for us. And so that, in verse 7, it says, that the genuous, genuineness of your faith. And so this is why I believe Lord, the Lord said, don't lose hope. We need more hope in this generation. Because at the end of it, like he wrote to Timothy, Paul writing to Timothy, wage a good warfare because this fight at the end of it is your salvation. At the end of it, genuineness, the genuineness of your faith. It's not the faith of the pastors that will save you. Not the faith of any brother or sister that will save you or the disciples' faith. No, it is your faith. It is your walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. And at the end of it, it is much more precious than any gold or thing here on earth. That is why the Lord searches the deep things of our hearts to test our minds to see, will we stand firm with the Lord? Because at the end, if we do, if we seek him, if we're willing to take up our swords, put on the armor of God, and do the work he's commissioned us to do, at the end is the salvation, is the genuineness of the faith. Then people will start to see, man, Christ really lives in that brother or sister. Look at his branches. They are full. They are full of fruit. They are green. Especially the light will shine in the times of darkness and the the, the times right now are getting darker and darker. And as we come to a close, as time runs shorter, I did my best to organize my notes to not go an hour and a half, two hours, as I usually do. But I want to end with this. Let's turn to Ephesians 2, 1 through 10. Ephesians 2, 1 through 10, it reads, And you have been made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. Verse 3, Among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. Verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trans trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And that is the best news we can hear. Verse 6, it reads, and raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. 
and to remind you of this hope and the good news that we were once there. As it says, we were once dead in our sins. If you've given your life to Christ, remember where you came from. Like the Egyptians, Egyptians, don't forget where you came from. We were once dead in our sins. Think about it and appreciate it more and more every day so we can have a heart of thanksgiving and rejoice when we wake up and we go to bed and tell the Lord, thank you, because I was once, it says, as the world without this hope, without this plan of salvation that you freely gave with the life of your son, the blood that Jesus shed on that cross saved my life, and it's a plan to save the lives of all of those who will receive them. And so I encourage you, let us just appreciate that, that message that he has left us and, and the price that he paid to bring us back to life, to bring us to the Father in heaven, that we will be seated in heavenly places through our trials, through our testing, that if we endure and keep fighting this good fight, if we take this seriously because the road is narrow and that's my biggest fear, that a lot of Christians that call themselves Christians, they're on their wide road. They don't have, because I've been there in my early days. Like I, I was here, I was hot, then I was cold, and then I said, enough's enough, Lord. Please teach me and correct me and do whatever you need to do to make sure I'm on that narrow road. You know what I need to let go of. Because I don't want to be the, the Egyptian. When Moses came down, when Jesus comes back, they were worshiping other idols. They didn't believe the things that were being preached to them, the great news and the gospel and the plan of salvation. And what did, what did God do in that day and age? If they didn't side with God, they were cast down. And it wasn't, it wasn't, they had to wait. No, God, God moved quickly. And that is, that is our time right now because we, we think we have more time. We think, oh, tomorrow I have plans, but tomorrow you might not wake up. And that is why we need to have Christ first. Day and night, so that we can make it to the end, to the plan of salvation that He has for us. I want to end with two more verses. One more being in James 1. It's going to be uh, James chapter 1, verse 12. And it reads James chapter 1, verse 12. Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. So, so examine, including myself, everyone, every Christian needs to examine, do we really love God? Because it says, the promises that he has for you, he will keep. But to those that love him, those that walk with him. Because let me take you to the next verse. There is a crown of life waiting for those that love him. So I pray that through this service, through worship, through the word that we're reading, that your heart was moved, that your heart was pierced, that you were moved in the spirit, that your cup is filling up, that you can start to look at your walk as we all should every single day. We're turning to Revelation chapter 19, chapter eight, uh, 19, verse number 7. Because can I get an amen and a hallelujah if you want the crown of life at the end of this day, at the end of life? And so 
chapter 19, verse 7 reads, Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory. It is God's plan of salvation, not ours. He paid the price. It is a free gift as we read. Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory. Thank you, Lord, for the marriage. For the marriage of the Lamb has come and his wife has made herself ready. So that is my prayer that we get encouraged, that we plant deeper our roots into the vine and the vine dresser, which is Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, which is the Father in heaven. Because one day, very soon, he will come back for a bride. But the question is, will we be ready, each one of us? And I know the people that come to BG, WBG and, and really take their walk seriously as we get to encourage each other in this place and lift each other and pray for each other and for those that will continue to come. My prayer is for all of us that we will be ready, that we will rejoice at the revelation and the glory of the return of our Savior, Jesus Christ. So thank you, Lord, for another day. Let's start, let's start there. Thank you for this day, Lord. Because I can, I, can, I can write a whole book of all the things that are going on that we're not even aware of. It says the power of God keeps us. Think about all the things that have to stay in a place for us just to be alive. Don't turn off the air, Lord. Don't turn off the sun. Right? The things that we need to leave. Lord, so just thank you. Thank you. Let us appreciate him in this moment. Let us get back to the place of thanksgiving because he's giving us eternal life for free. But we are so quick to forget it like the Egyptians. And I don't want that for anybody. No one should be there at this point. Let us continue fighting the good fight. Let us continue seeking the Lord more than anything in our personal lives. Because that is what God searches for. Those with a heart that seeks him first, that abides in him, and that knows him. So the day of judgment, we don't get to, to where Jesus says, I don't know you. Depart from me. No, that, that will not be WBG in this place. We will continue to fight. God is reminding us today, take your walk seriously, examine where you're at, because I've given you this free gift, don't squander it. He's left us parables where there were wise and wicked servants. Let us be the wise servant, so that when he comes for the marriage of the land, that the bride is ready, not the wicked servant that was too busy for God. God will get to you later, enjoying the world, enjoying the pleasures that are distracting us that don't edify the soul, that don't edify our families, that don't strengthen us. So I pray that the Lord spoke to you tonight as he did to me. And I pray that we all continue to rise and grow and let our tree be planted in Christ. And that we start to grow into the vine, which is Jesus. And that we don't let our branches dwindle and dry out. That if we have those troubles and trials that it talks about, that we can come to our brother and sister and ask for prayer. Hey, will you walk with me? Will you, will you keep me accountable? Brother Jared and I started going to the gym. We're trying to, hey, let's, let's, let's push each other, each other to grow physically, but much more importantly is to do it spiritually. You have brothers and sisters in this house, in this church, that will walk with you, that will push with you. So that in James 1.17, it says, 
that we can receive the crown of life, that we have been approved. And ladies and gentlemen, you are approved. Get the nonsense out of your head. Get, your, get out of your own way. Jesus in Revelation, in the first couple of chapters, talking to the churches, warned them. He sees our good works. He sees our hearts. He sees what we've done. But sometimes we need to be recorrected, realigned, and reconnected to the vine, the life giver, the author, and the finisher of this life and the next life, the eternal life that he offers for free. So I pray that you receive this message. Get the, get the, the, the cobwebs out of our hearts. Let this entire body from head to toe be filled with the spirit of God. And let us go out of this place refreshed, renewed, refocused, and fired up for the things of God and not the things of the world. That is my prayer for each one of us and for those that are watching online. God bless you. And if you'll stick around, we have midnight service after this. So God bless you guys. Pastor, amen. Hallelujah. Amen. How many of you guys got blessed today? Amen. The Lord is good. Amen. Is the Lord good? Come on. I got to hear it loud. Come on. Is the Lord good? Amen. Hallelujah. May the Lord rich, richly bless you, brothers, and may the Lord continue using Brother Frank. I'm so happy for him to... Uh, to take the stand up here and, and, and basically cement his faith in Christ. I know he struggled a few times. He said, I'm, I'm like that, that church of Laodicea, and I'm kind of a little bit of lukewarm. And I said, brother, you got to get hot because if not, you're going to get spewed out of, the, out of his mouth. Amen. But amen. Why don't we rise up, brothers, and let us uh, pick up an offering for the church. Hallelujah. The Lord loves a cheerful giver. Amen. And if you need an envelope, there's envelopes up here. I'm going to ask my daughter Cassidy to come up. Hallelujah. Amen. But let us pray for our offerings, for our free will offerings. The basket is here, brothers and sisters. And I want you to know that this offering, the offerings that come in, they go for the orphans and the widows. And to keep, make sure that we also... Keep these uh, projects going. Amen. Hallelujah. Why don't we bow our heads. Thank you, Father God. We come, Father God, before you, Lord, to ask you that you bless, Father God. You are in the business, Father God, of multiplying, Father God. And we ask you, Lord Jesus, just like how you multiplied the bread and the fish, Father God, that you multiply, Father God, the offerings of your people, Father God, the free will offerings, Father, because I know your word says that you love a cheerful giver, Father God. And we just ask you, Father God, that you continue, Father God, uh, providing, Father God, with the resources, Father, to continue, Father God, uh, with, the, with the projects, Father God, that we have in Guatemala, Father God, in Israel, Lord Jesus, in Tijuana, Father God, and also here in the States, oh Lord, and in Israel, Father God. We ask you, Lord Jesus, this is not for us, Father God, to get rich. This is not for us, for any famous, Father God, because you... Your name, Father God, is above everything, Father. And we do this, Father God, out of the joy, joy of our hearts, O oh Lord. And I thank you, Father God, for those that give and those that can give, Father God. You know their hearts and you know, the Father God, their, their necessities, Lord. I pray for their lives, Father God, and I bless them, O oh Lord Jesus. But let them always be reminded, Father God, to forsake their sins, O oh Lord. 
Let them stand, Father God, before you, Father God, blameless, Father God, and without wrinkle, Lord. And today, Lord Jesus, we just ask you, Father, that you be with your people, Lord. Take us home safely, Father God. Blessed be our coming, Father God, and blessed be our going, O oh Lord. I bless, Father God, every one of my brothers in this place, Father. Thank you for the precious word, Father. Thank you for the worship, O oh Lord. And we thank you for the air that we breathe today, Father God. Thank you for another day of life, O oh Lord Jesus. We put our hands, Father God, up in praise, Father God, and we raise our hands to heaven because our help comes from heaven, Lord. And there is no name, Father God, in heaven or below the earth, Father God, that can save us, Lord. Only you, Lord. Your name is the Word of God. Your name, Father God, is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You're the Alpha and the Omega, Father God, the beginning and the end, O oh Lord. And we believe, Father God, that you're coming soon. Let us get ready, Father. Help us, Father God, to continue, Father God, going out to the streets and preaching this gospel, Father God, with boldness, O oh Lord. Let us not waste our time, Father God. And today, Father God, we just ask you, Father, that you forgive our sins, O oh Lord. Forgive, Father God, your people, O oh Lord. For I know, Father God, your word says that you wink at ignorance, O oh Lord. But those that, that have known the truth, O oh Lord, we will not, Father God, we will not, Father God, be let loose, Father God. But I know that you will hold us accountable, O oh Lord. And I thank you, Father God, for your many blessings, O oh Lord. I ask that you bless this people, Father God. Bless your people, Father God. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the church says, Amen and Amen. Hallelujah. And I'd like to share this uh, with you, brothers and sisters, as we're still standing up. There was, I've, I've shared this dream that I had with the brothers. Uh, it was maybe about last year. And in this dream... I had this dream that there was two types of people, brothers. I want you guys to pay close attention to this. Look, look at what happened in my dream. There was two types of people in this dream. And in this dream, there was a, a type of person that was hearing and listening to the things that were going on around in, in my dream. And the one person told the other person, you knew of all these things that would come, but you didn't tell us and those and in my dream I was able to discern that these people that were telling the other folks they were lukewarm Christians I saw that in my spirit in my in my in my dream and then the lukewarm Christians said I knew of these things that they would come but I didn't know they would come so soon and that's because they did not make themselves ready. Those that love the Lord will make themselves ready because their eyes have been set in heaven. Amen? There's no other place. What can this world offer us? Look at the chaos. Look at the darkness in this world. What does the word of Jeremiah said? He says, woe to them that call evil good and good evil. Woe to them. Let us not be those people, brothers and sisters. Let us get ourselves right in the eyes of God. Amen. If you still struggle with something, ask the Lord because he is faithful to forgive us. That is his character. He loves us. And he wants us to choose life. Why do you choose death? When the Lord says, why do you choose death when you can choose life? He's a loving father. 
Amen. The eternal gift of salvation. And he paid it at the cross of Calvary. Amen. How many of you guys are grateful? But it's our job to make sure that our names are in that book of life. Let our names not be blotted out. Amen. Let, let us not be like those people that say, you knew of these things and you knew they would come. How come you didn't tell us? That's because you were not willing to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the other people said, I knew of these things. And I knew they would come. But I didn't think they would come so soon. And in that dream, brothers and sisters, my spirit stirred, was stirred up. And that's why I said to brothers and sisters, we, we got to stop playing here. We got to take this gospel to the streets. Amen. Hallelujah. That is our job. Amen. Hallelujah. May the, may the Lord bless you, brothers and sisters. Blessed be your coming and blessed be your going. Amen. We are dismissed. Hallelujah.